Gobble it up, 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 gobble it up. Welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. My name is David. My friend is Aaron. Gob it up. Gobble, gobble. I I wasn't recording that sweet jingle. I recorded it, though. (laughs) Okay, sweet. (laughs) As long as I recorded it, that's all that matters. I'm the one who sang it. I performed the gob jingle. May it bless all who just heard it. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are going to talk about this band. You may or may not have heard of them. They're called Gob. And way back a long time ago. Aaron actually did not one, but a two-part episode about Gob with Theo. I'm not even going to attempt to say his last name. (laughs) That's a I think I had to say it when I, I I don't know (laughs) if I recorded the intro for that episode. I can't remember if I did or if you did, or if there was just no intro on it uh, for those two episodes. So at some point in time, maybe it was said, or it was just Theo from Gob. I don't know. Um, But anyway, Gob. What's this, what do we say about Gob? When did you, do you remember when you first, uh, I mean, we're not, unless there's any stories you want to share, uh, before we get into talking about Gob. Yeah, let's do it. Well, I remember seeing their video soda, right? That's the, I want to jump in a lake video. I want to jump in a lake. So I remember that one, like being played on much music and, you know, of course back then I was like, man, this, this sounds awesome, funny, goofy, um, and I think I went back to those older albums after. Yeah. I mean, not that I they they weren't ever that great to go back to a whole a whole bunch, but um yeah, if we're just getting right into kind of their how far shallow takes you or not yet. Well, we'll we'll get into it. We'll get into it cuz I do want to talk about so like cuz for myself Gob, um I was trying to figure it out too if it was soda which there's a very good chance that must have come off of, was that too late? No friends. Uh, yeah. Sounds yes. Yeah. I want to jump in a lake. Uh, it was either that song, um, or it was, uh, what to do, which I believe we're going to talk about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but cause like those videos, I remember seeing them on much music, whether it would be, you know, much on demand or the wedge on much music. Uh, I remember like, kind of keeping an eye out for those ones soda more so i feel on the wedge than maybe what to do what to do may have been by that point in time because that was what 98 so maybe was that pretty much on demand i can't remember but um they were both like fun videos um what to do obviously a little more uh of a production i suppose you could say where they're pretending to be on like a talk show versus just clips of them like riding bikes into the lake and stuff like that and driving around being little punks um but they were kind of like you know as a kid in canada who was into punk like gob was a band that it was like impossible to not know about whether or not you liked them that was you know entirely up to you um funny little story about gob i did go to see i did go see them i think only saw them once Um, but (laughs) we went, it was a, a a number, like, this is just kind of telling you about, you know, sort of, at least from where I was from, uh, you know, kind of how the scene viewed gob, because 
I went with so many more friends to that show than any other show mm. that I can remember going to, right? Like, I mean, sure, you go and meet up with people, but like I was going to shows in Calgary from Strathmore about half an hour away, right? So like we were driving into shows. So my like high school friends, unless they were going with me and I was dragging them along, weren't going to shows in Calgary typically, right? But like uh, Gob was one of the kind of those like, you know, at a, at a more um, kind of like punk sized venue or whatever that I can just remember going like car loads going to this show, like mm, several of them, that's but awesome. uh, the guy who I got a ride with into the show, uh, he crowd surfed and his keys were in the pocket of his cargo pants, which was buttoned <laughs> up, but he lost his car keys. And so we were all just like, wait, like, how do we get home now? Cause again, like, it's not like we lived in Calgary and it's like, well, I guess we got to figure out taking the bus or whatever. Uh, so we had to like figure out, it was a good thing that all these different friends came. So we had to like figure out and divvy up rides, but the guy who drove me home, like who I got a ride home with, um, he was actually the guy, this is kind of coming full circle a little bit, who gave me blue skies, broken hearts, next 12 exits from the Ataris. Remember I was telling you the story where this guy yeah. gave me the CD and said he found it in the back of a rental car. So that was who drove me home, which is kind of funny. Um, maybe it was the same night he gave me that CD. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, the gob was always kind of a band where, um, they were just, everyone knew about them. They were just around, right? Like, uh, I feel like everyone had a gob story and then, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I only owned two of their albums, one of which we're going to talk about the world according to God, but the other one I owned uh, was a split with a band um, called another Joe that was called Acid oh, yeah. on TV. And actually funny enough, I just, well, we were both tagged in it, but another Joe is like still around. They're still playing yeah, shows. I, I was that. like, wow, that's kind of funny. But um, yeah. So gob, man, what do you say about gob? Except if you lived in Canada, you knew who they were. Uh, even if you'd never heard them, that, that basically sums it up for me. <laughs> well, and saying sums it up, we had Gob and some 41 kind of yeah. similar times, yep. similar goofy vibe. I mean, yeah. some 41 obviously took off quite a bit more and maybe yeah. just because they were pursu pursuing it more or whatever, but you know, you had some 41 in the East, Gob in the West yeah. and well, we and were in the middle just soaking it in. Yeah. Uh, eventually Tom of gob would join some 41. I don't know if yeah, he's still in the band or now that Brown sound is back. If, if Tom's not in the band anymore, I don't know, but no, he's, he still is. I is mean, the band there? is finishing oh, I, up. Yeah, but, I guess they yeah. are, they're, they're finishing their days, but, um, but, oh, and the interesting thing is I feel like between gob and some 41, like a gob was around at least like releasing music like earlier than some 41. Yeah. Um, but I would also say that, you know, in the classic, like, oh, they're not punk, man. These guys are punk. Like, Gob always got sort of, like, the pass as far as, like, the the quote-unquote punk cred as For opposed sure. to, like, some yep. 41. And I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe their earlier stuff was a little kind of more raw and punk, folk, like, just straight-up punk. Uh, but even by, by the time How Far Shallow Takes You rolls around, like, they have some of those songs – and it is interesting because both Sum 41 and Gob definitely like leaned into, especially on how far shallow it takes you into like a little bit more metallic sounds. Um, but it's funny to me that, uh, that they definitely have some pretty straightforward, strong pop hooks on how yeah. far shallow it takes you. So yeah. Should we get into it? Should yeah. We talk let's about do it. it. All right. Yeah. This, yeah. This album was, you know, was home to a heavier sound, had much better production, 
more mature lyrics, as we've said, focusing yep. on personal political issues and growth in musicianship. And uh, I, yeah, again, it's always, I mean, it's easier to see that now looking back, but I do remember buying that CD and it was probably because I, I saw the video for what to do. It was just like, oh, this sounds better. Like, it's really catchy. I want to hear what else they have. And um, yeah, like just those videos led into, into getting the album and then to listening to that a ton and finding that there was so many cool songs on there, you know, fast songs, more mid-tempo songs, some goofy songs. Um, you know, some more mature sounding, but yeah. overall it's like, even still when I listen to it, I'm like, man, this is just a great album, even though there is a, a lot of songs on it, as we've mentioned in previous episodes. But again, you know, there's some that are shorter and so it's a little bit easier to digest. Yeah. Um, I'd agree. Uh, I think, you know, I'm, I'm a fan of this record, even if I don't remember listening to it, you know, kind of in its day necessarily, um, I mean, I would have a little bit because I do believe I'm trying to remember the order that I bought my Gob albums. If, you know, like I didn't buy an album until The World According to Gob was out or if I bought As Seen on TV first, because when I went in to find a Gob album, it was the one that was there. Uh, I don't remember exactly. I do know I'm pretty sure I've never owned this. But Hmm. then I have this like outside thought that. I have owned it at some point in time. Like there's this weird, like little thing in my brain where I'm not a hundred percent sure if I ever owned this record, it's really strange, but I feel like I didn't, or if I did, it wasn't until, you know, kind of down the road, maybe found it in a thrift shop or something like that. Right. Um, but I do like, it's, I do enjoy it. Uh, it is like, like you said, it's got kind of like those heavier sounds at times. Uh, but also just like, straight up pop hooks and just fast punk songs. Like they do, they do it all pretty well uh, yeah. in my mind, as far as like the artwork is concerned, I think it's top notch artwork. Um, I really, I really love it. And I think I knew I was familiar with what the album looked like long before I was really familiar with what the album sounded like, uh, because it was one of those albums that I just remember kind of like seeing everywhere. I don't know if it was also, it must've been on a t-shirt or something too. Like, I feel like I, I saw this cover everywhere. I don't, I'm not entirely sure how the artwork really kind of like relates to the album uh, with the drawing outside of like, maybe it's like kind of taking a dig at, you know, like the shallowness of people who are just like chasing the corporate dream sort of thing. I don't know. Um, But I do, I I do appreciate and really love the artwork. Maybe it's something that becomes a little more obvious if uh, you know, you kind of take a a closer look at the lyrics. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but um yeah, man, it's, it's iconic in its Canadiana. Great. I think like, you know, if, if there was a list made and maybe this list exists and if it doesn't, if anyone's listening that can do this, they should do it of like Canadian punk album artwork, like a, you know, like a top 10 or whatever. Like I, I feel like this one would be right near the top. It's, I don't know. I just think it's great. Yeah. Yeah. It has that classic look to it. It's simple, but it stands out. Every time I look at it, I'm like, is, that, is he like picking up a hitchhiker? Oh, the guy's got a suit on. You know, is the guy driving mad at him? Or yeah. like there's, there's enough in that little kind of screenshot. Yeah. It, 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 to me, it looks like the guy in the car is like yelling at him. Like he's yelling some kind of obscenity towards him. But I'm unsure. I don't know. Um, they're both in suits. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It looks cool. That's all that matters. So should we get into uh, get into the songs? 
Let's do it. So for uh, those of you who are uh, tuning in for the first time, what we are going to do is uh, we're going to talk about uh, three songs from each record, potentially a bonus song, depending on how things go from each record. Um, we got the opener, one that is picked as kind of a favorite or standout track by one of us, as well as the closer from each record. So we're going to do uh, How Far Shallow Takes You from Gob, as well as The World According to Gob. But of course, we're going to go in the order that these things came out. So this uh, is the opening track off of How Far Shallow Takes You, and uh, it's 236 East Broadway. Or do we just say 236 E Broadway? No, it's East Broadway. Anyway, this is the song. picked the songs off this record so you can uh take the charge with uh tell us about the song well this song almost has like a more of a hardcore feel to it like even at the start where there's you know the bass is going the feedback the hi-hats it's like oh this could almost go into just like a four on the floor like kind of hardcore chant part but know it uh, picks up the pace um i love this as an opening song kind of similar to um to the opening of, of the Undecided album, self-titled, whether this is first or after. Um, <laughs> later, just there's something about starting a song where it's just like, okay, where's this going to go? You know something's coming, but you don't exactly know what. Like, I, I just like that feeling because when it does come in and it just hits that much harder and you're just like, oh, okay, yeah, I like where this is going. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's short, fast, kind of to the point. I like uh, the lyrics for it. You know, when you fall, do you get back up with your head above you? Kind of sets the tone for an album with some more serious content versus mm-hmm. some of the more jokey songs of the past. So that's a, a cool way to kick it off. It's funny because I, I actually wrote down those exact same lines about the message behind the song. Uh, I think it's great. I love the menacing kind of baseline, bass tone that starts the song. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, like as soon as, like, I actually wrote down it gets you kind of on the edge of your seat because it's, you kind of said it like the what's what's next sort of thing, right? Like where, where are we going? There's anticipation for what's next. And then the guitars really just kind of kick in and they don't disappoint. It's fast, full speed ahead. Um, classic kind of gob snarl to, I think that's Tom singing. There's sometimes, yeah. sometimes there, I'm like, it's like, cause there are some songs where it's very obvious. And then other songs where it's a little bit like, I'm, I think that's Tom or I think that's Theo, but, um, 
he definitely has like a Tom definitely kind of has a snarl and you can see it when he sings, you know, yeah. like Theo kind of has like the goofy faces that he puts on. Whereas like Tom like curls his lip a little bit and you know, like um, it's, it's great. I love it. Uh, they, God was a band, um, especially at this point in time in their, in their career where they were very much a visual band. Um, and not necessarily because their style was striking or, you know, they wore crazy things. It was literally all in the facial expressions (laughs) that they made, which is so good. I can hear this song and picture Tom curling that lip a little bit, you know, and like just right up to the microphone, leaving all sorts of, uh, spit and, you know, whatever, uh, flying. But, um, I have a complaint about this song. It's that it starts and then it's done. <laughs> yeah. It is so quick. Um, but, and I, I also tried looking up 236 East Broadway to see, you know, like what it, what it is. And I mean, what it is now appears to be like a grocery store. Well, uh, that's on, what the song's about. Skyrocketing gro- prices at the grocery yeah. store. <laughs> um, but they uh, were seeing to the future. And then someone on the, on the, you know, super refute, uh, like, uh, um, reputable uh, website of songmeanings.com. Someone commented and said 236 East Broadway is a wonton restaurant in Canada. I like that. They just said in Canada, he's just sitting alone thinking about all the times he's messed up and he's con and he's contemplating his future, which could be true. I don't know. Maybe he did just name it after where he wrote the song, but well, wonton place is a good place to think about the future. Right. Right. And what you're going to (laughs) order next. Um, So as far as an opener is concerned, do you love it or do you have an alternate opener? I am all for it, and I'll just hit replay one more time just so I can <laughs> that get is, it just a bit longer. That's fair. Yeah, exactly. Like um, I have zero complaints about this song as an opener. Uh, in fact, I love, I love the way because I, I think what's important with this song and songs like it is, you know, there isn't once the song gets going. I don't think there's anything outside of what's happening in the song that makes it go, oh, that's like a good opener, right? Like, oh, it needs to do this or this. I just love the way it like. When you turn the album on, I can envision it being the start of a concert, a start of a show Uh, with punk records. I think that's like a big thing, like just punch me in the face when you come out of the gate. And, you know, if it's, you know, not immediately that you're just going to punch me like with like a full steam ahead sort of thing, uh, give me some kind of like, yeah, you know, like dude beating his chest, getting ready to like, (laughs) you know, like jump into it. And then once it kicks in, you're like, yeah, you know, he's smashing his head against the wall, waiting for the song to kick in. Then it kicks in and it, and it doesn't disappoint. So I don't know what that rambling rant was about, but I a hundred percent support this one as opener for the record. So let's get into the next song you picked, unless you want to talk, even longer about a song that's only like a minute and 19 seconds. I do not. Okay, cool. So the next song that we got up <laughs> is the single we've, we've talked about a few times and it's called what to do. And, uh, if you haven't heard, I, I mean, if you're listening to this episode about gob, I'm assuming you've listened to gob before, but if the off chance you have not heard the band gob before, uh, this is a great song. <laughs>
All right, Mr. How Far Shallow Takes You, what do you have to say about this song that you yourself specifically picked? Well, this is the song that, like I said, got me hooked on this album. I, I can't remember if I saw the video before the album came out or how that all played out, but my buddy Jess and Dauphin taped the music video, and so we watched it a ton of times. You know, it's like they're at this like old talk show theme to it mm-hmm. with the band plays, uh, which is, you know, there's been other bands that have kind of copied that over the years, or maybe they weren't the first to do it. But I just remember thinking that was so cool because I didn't really know what the context of kind of talk shows were <laughs> at that point. But you didn't watch Jonovision at that time? Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, that would have been <laughs> Jonovalusa. Like, yeah, Jonovision man, that that was good stuff. And speaking speaking going back to like some forty one, they were on one of the Jonovalusa episodes. I'm sure it's on YouTube. You can go. Yeah, back and- I've I've found it, but it's like. It Real says some forty one, but like the none of the members are the same or oh, that's funny. So I don't know what happened there, but there was a, a band from Winnipeg that was on there that I thought was really cool. So yeah, yeah. But anyways, anyways, back to back to what to do by Gob. Yeah, man, it's just it's just such a catchy song. Like simple progression, but the vocals really carry it. I love like man that bridge part where it cuts out that like that. I mean now. You know, looking back, and as someone that plays guitar, it's like, okay, that's not that complex. But man, back then, me and Jess were just like, that is the craziest guitar part we've ever heard, and we just <laughs> love that, that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we tried to like figure it out, like pre tabs or whatever. And, yeah, just um, watch the just, video. It literally the camera like is straight on the guitar. Yeah, when he's but playing we didn't know part. how to how to figure. We didn't that know how out. to pause the video. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah, maybe no, not. I, I don't know. I get you, <laughs> but yeah, I get just, you. <laughs> yeah, it's just super fun song. I love going back to this one. I've I've put it on many a playlist yeah. where I'm just like you know making a playlist of just songs that kind of take me back or that fun to listen. I'm like, man, this song's got to go on there. This song is funny because to me, it's kind of that song I forget about until I hear it, uh, and I think a lot of that is because like. Um, Again, like this record, I'm so confused about my history with it. If, like, no, I, I again, I knew of this of its existence, but I don't actually remember when I first listened to it. And it's possible that it wasn't until I was an adult, right? But um, like actually the full record. But this song itself is one that I knew, and uh, and so when it comes on and that opening riff, which is perfect, if you ask me, like, it's just it's something. There's something special about this song in that it, uh, and I've said this before about, you know, other songs where it just like takes me to a specific place or whatever, but I don't know of another song that comes to mind where, you know, I don't listen. It's not in my regular rotation of albums, if that makes sense. Like I have my favorites that take me back to a certain place in time, but they're records that I've consistently gone back to over the years and, you know, um, Whereas this one wasn't one of those ones, but this song in particular, as soon as that riff kicks in, before anything else happens in that song, like it's how it opens, right? Like just this like super catchy riff that takes me right back to like high school, watching Much On Demand or either The Wedge on Much Music. And just that time in my life uh, where, you know, it's like discovering new music, discovering a lot of your favorite bands just by what video comes on next. And then falling more in love with the bands that you already know, uh, just whether it's their new songs that come out or just however many times you've seen this, you know, what to do video where they're making fun of like Jerry Springer sort of thing. And like the thing about that video too, that gets me is that I think 
you know, growing up, like, I mean, the, like the trashy talk show, like sort of TV was something that I never really watched because I'm pretty sure if, you know, my parents came downstairs and in the middle of the day, I'm watching like Jerry Springer or something, they're going to be like, <laughs> shut that off. Right. Like, uh, but there was something about, school. Yeah, something about watching these, this video that just like almost made me feel a little bit like I was getting like a little bit of that, that, you know, yeah, like yeah. the trashy talk <laughs> show sort of thing, even though obviously it's all just like set up and it's a music video. Right. But, um, and then I think this song, holds up on more than just nostalgia though, because, uh, it's got, you know, a singable chorus, memorable riffs, uh, great pacing that, you know, kind of bridge slash whatever riff you want to call it, where it sort of, everything drops out and you got that guitar part. Like it's all top to bottom. I think it's great. And, um, it should make lists for people and playlists. Like it's just, it's a fantastic song. I can't say enough good things about it. So good on you for picking it. When I was like going through the album, like just listening uh, to the album, I was like, oh, I wonder, I mean, I knew which songs you'd picked, but I wasn't listening to the specific playlist. So I didn't have in my head which one it was. And I was like, when that, every time that one came out, I'm like, man, I hope that's the song he picked, but I kind of feel like it won't be because, you know, it's the one with the video and the one that everyone knows, blah, 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 blah. But yeah, it is, I think just such a, an obvious pick. Yeah. There were definitely others that, I could have easily gone to, but I was like, yeah, this is the one that yeah. makes me think of the band. So, yeah. Okay. So let's get into the final song off of this record, which, um, I think you broke the rules a little bit in that, uh, it's not oh, yeah. actually the Sorry. closer, uh, but I could be wrong. Like in my mind, paint it black, always closed this record. I don't yeah. know though. Um, but anyway, I decided to allow it because I was like, well, a cover is a cover, like whatever, you know, um, we could get into other albums that end with covers or cover secret songs. Right. So I'm like, no, we'll just, we'll go with the last original, uh, on the, on the record, which is the song. All we are.
Okay, what do you got on this one? Yeah, album ends on a positive note. Musically, the song's melodic, catchy. Lyrically, the song is positive. Reminds listeners to say, all we are is all we are when others try to add negativity to a situation. So I think in that regard, it's a good closer. It's uplifting. I mean, again, when there's so many songs, could another song have closed it? You know, potentially this one, I don't know if this one necessarily has like that it sound to it, but I am content with it being the closer. I like the idea of it, you know, like being this positive sort of uplifting uh, thing. Maybe they could have done just a little bit something to make, you know, I, I like to make it feel like the end of the song is the end of the album as opposed to just that last shot and it rings out, which is also like fine. It's better than it being like, oh, we are is all we stop. You know, like yeah. at least it, you know, it kind of gives a ring out and whatever um, as far as closers go. I do think that opening riff is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with again, that kind of like roll going into it. Yeah, it just kind of opens the song. And actually, melodically, this might, I don't know if this comes as a surprise or not, but it sort of reminds me of Green Day on the verses. There's something oh, about yeah, early Green Day going on there. And then it doesn't stay there, though. Uh, it's just like that first verse, especially. I'm like, oh, this sounds like it could be a Green Day song, um, which is which is kind of interesting uh, to me. It does get a little choppy as the song goes on, like melodically and lyrically. Like there's a lot of words kind of that they're trying to fumble through at times. But um, the chorus is great. And uh, I love, actually, probably my favorite part of the song is when it drops out and it's just the bass and the drums. It's about halfway through the song. And uh, it's a trick that I always will fall for. If you do that in the middle of a song where it just drops out and it's just bass and drums and singing, you got me, right? Like, that is your hook. You don't need to do anything else. I will... I'll come back and listen to that again just for the drop. So, yeah. um, but yeah, it, it is a, it is a great song. Um, I don't know what they could have done. Maybe even just like let the feedback ring a little bit or something just to kind of like go like, Oh yeah, no, this is the close of the album. Like where, you know, it's time to start it over again. Well, I'm sure lots of times, I mean, yeah, probably most of the time when bands are recording, like they're not recording in the order of the song. So right, I wonder yeah, sometimes yeah. too, if it's just like, at the end, they're like, okay, this is the last song. If it wasn't a conscious decision, then they're probably not thinking like, oh, let's yeah, add a ring out or something to make it feel like the end. Yeah. Maybe I, bands I, do pay more attention to that now. I'd say for but. sure there are bands that definitely do pay attention to that. And then there are, and I mean, you know, it's, it's also hard sometimes to just judge a song as a closer uh, when, you know, you're just like, I don't know how many times I listen to all you know what 16 or 17 whatever how many songs before that and again technically it's not the closer of the album um, right you know but like i don't know how many times i listened through the album and then going into that last song i was like okay now i gotta mentally prepare everything i've just uh you know like am, am digesting for this one song where as opposed to like listening to it in a playlist with a couple other songs off that album and going okay this is the closer what do i think of it some yeah again, some obviously become closers and it's like, yes, this was obviously an album closer. Whereas others like this one, I think are more just like, um, I don't doubt that there was a conscious decision to be like, all right, let's make this song again. But I could be wrong because like I said, paint it black is the last song on the album, but there could have been a conscious decision to be like, Hey, let's make it, you know, feel a little more uplifting. Um, you know, they've, they've kind of had some heavier, darker songs and stuff throughout the course of the album. So why not end on a bit of, you know, a pick me up? Yeah. There so there, go. 
Yeah, let's get into uh, the world according to Gob, shall we? Love it. We shall. So the artwork. Uh, I do think this artwork is classic uh, in its own right. Um, I feel like as I've gone back to it, like it definitely obviously has like a very like 1950s like ad or brochure or pamphlet, some sort of like style to it. Um, it also reminds me a little bit of the shining, you know, the scene where Jack Nicholson is like axing his way through the door. Instead, this guy, the guy is like politely sawing through the door. (laughs) Um, but it's funny because when I look at it now, I'm like, is that what it always looked like? Like the woman on the cover looks like kind of different than I remembered her looking Mm, like she looks more, I don't know. I don't know how to explain, but I, I just remember her, I felt like her face had, uh, more, kind of like detail to it than it does now, which obviously it doesn't because, um, because I'm looking at this. What is the world according to Garp? <laughs> That's the follow-up that got discarded. <laughs> I, I was hoping that, cause yeah, I was hoping cause I'm like, I was just trying to bring up a, a bigger image of the artwork than what's on my playlist there. But I, I was hoping that, um, it was like something that they had taken inspiration from. So it was going to give some insight into the artwork, but it doesn't appear that way, but yeah, I don't, I don't know what I remember this looking like now that I kind of have a, you know, a bigger image up in front of me. Uh, I don't actually have this album anymore. I definitely did own it. And, um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the artwork for this record? Yeah, I, I love it. It stands out to me again. I, you know, it was kind of a classic thing for bands to find like an ad or something from, an older era. I don't know why that became like a punk thing to do. I mean, right. lots of bands did it, and I still like that that style. I don't know why, but um, yeah, yeah, it, it stands out for sure. I like it. Um, now, this record when it came out, um, it was definitely on repeat for me. Uh, I loved every second of it. It was one that I listened to a ton. Um, by this point in time, I was on board with gob. So I want to say I bought it. I don't know if I bought it like on release day, but like I bought it anticipating it, you know, kind of coming out. Uh, there are some parts now that maybe don't hold up or catch me quite as much. I do find that there's a lot, a few spots anyways, on this record that get a little repetitive where I'm just like, okay, do you need to repeat that line so many times that maybe kind of like take me out of the song a little bit now, but, um, and I do remember, I feel, maybe I'm making this up, but I, I feel like I remember people not liking this record as much as uh, How Far Shallow Takes You because uh, they kind of like slowed down a bit on this record, but not really a ton. Like when you go back to How Far Shallow Takes You, I think all the elements that are on this record were already there, um, but they kind of really, I guess they leaned into it more. Yeah, they lean into it definitely a little bit more. Um, and I mean, obviously they, they got a little more radio friendly overall. Just look at the success of I Hear You Calling. It was yeah. on radio stations. It was in video games. It was, you know, all over much music as it was. Uh, but a great video though, with the zombies playing soccer yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but here's a funny little anecdote about uh, <laughs> this album. Um, so I was hanging out with a with a good friend of mine in high school. And this would have been, I guess, like, well, when did this come out? 2000. So this is probably grade... 11 that I was hanging out with him and his mom was there too. And, and so somehow it came up that, you know, I played in this, this punk band Well, I played in this band. She didn't know what kind of music it was. So she asked me what kind of music, uh, the band was that I played in. And we were in my friend's truck 
and this album was playing. So just as like a frame of reference, I said, oh, you know, it's kind of sounds like this band, right? And so Gob's playing. At that point, my friend like bursts out laughing (laughs) and he says, you guys don't sound like this. You sound like shit. (laughs) (laughs) And I immediately like looked at it. I was like, thanks, Grant. (laughs) 100% like accurate. Like we were nowhere on the level of gob, but I just thought, so you guys don't sound like this. You guys sound like shit. (laughs) Uh, But yeah. Do you, do you remember first impressions kind of with this record? Were you kind of one of those ones that was a little bit like, eh, it's a little slower than I was anticipating. Or were you on board? Like, what was the story? Yeah, I th- I remember being super excited for for this coming out, and I feel like this and Take Off Your Pants and Jacket maybe came out at a similar time. But I remember talking with I I can picture myself where I was standing talking to a friend about this album coming out. I was working at McDonald's. Um, I think I just remember that because the mall was across the street, okay. and I wanted to buy this album on release day so maybe i like went like before my shift or after or whatever to go buy it um but yeah like you said well this album brought you know maybe a further mature sounding album to me it still had you know a lot of the energy and vibe that i was expecting from the band while you know expanding my ideas of what a punk band could do um yeah so i mean i listened to this album so many times i still revisit it all the time um i think this is a good example um again i'm not sure if this is out before or after the undecided one but you know very similar with you know a very fast and a bit more straightforward album to a more mature kind of rock-ish mm-hmm. influenced album yeah um i think this one for me does it better like it's still i know it's a bit more memorable and um yeah it just sounds great and yeah lots of like there's yeah there's definitely like the songs like I hear you calling but there's other ones that still stand out a ton but they yeah, don't yeah. sound as kind of mainstreamy but it's yeah. still catchy and melodic and I don't know I just I think the songs are really well written I mean maybe some of them are a bit longer than they need to be but yeah um, that doesn't um, bother me too much just to follow up with those release dates that you were talking about so uh, the world according to God came out October tenth two thousand. And uh, take off your pants and jacket was June twelfth, two thousand one. So, uh, not too terribly far oh, okay. apart. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah, I think I agree with most of the things of what you say, especially in the comparison to uh, more to see by the undecided. Is that um, I do think that this band, like uh, this album, is done a little bit better. I also feel like again the elements for, and I mean maybe the elements for more to see were there as well on the self-titled record, but the elements for this record for the world according to gob were on how far shallow takes you when i listen to it i can hear songs where i'm like oh that sounds like it could be on this other record but let's um let's get into some of these songs so we're going to start with the opener which of course uh is the song for the moment i 
So I'm going to start this off by saying that uh, this is a great opener. Um, I absolutely love like kind of the the harmonic guitar riff that opens yeah. it. It's pretty unique, pretty memorable. And then uh, the nice thing is, is that it just like goes straight into the song again. Like uh, it kind of is something that catches your ear, not in the same way that uh, what to or not what to do, but the, the song that opened up um, 236 East Broadway that opened up. Um, how far shallow takes you not in that same way where like that one kind of builds tension before you know like kicking in the high gear this one is like oh it's like this ear candy thing right like that's kind of neat that's kind of different and then boom it just hits you straight into like this kind of um you know like up i'd say like up tempo rock song uh it's you know not not a full-on punk song by any means especially in comparison to the last album but I think uh, I think it pays off really well. The pre-chorus where he sings, but I cling to you for survival. And I know that you are my Bible or whatever he is before, or whatever he says before going into the chorus, when it cuts down to those palm muted guitars, uh. just super tasty. And then the chorus like hits, right? Like if you're going to bring something down before a chorus, that chorus better hit. And that chorus hits, I think pretty well. Uh, it's just like, it gets me singing along every time I was singing at the top of my lungs on my drive home from work today. I'm sure people that were, you know, stuck at traffic lights beside me were, um, looking over at me going like, dude, chill out. But, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's also like, I think this album as a whole, and this is a good example of it is kind of about the growth of Tom as a songwriter to me. Like he becomes, I remember, hearing gob even though like tom sang soda and stuff like that like it always felt to me like theo was kind of like the guy in the band that everyone saw because maybe he made all the big funny faces when he was singing and whatever he was more animated 
that it seemed like he was more of the front man. But then this record came out and I was like, oh, like, like Tom is a serious, like songwriter. Uh, yeah. and that I think shows off on this song, uh, perfectly. And, uh, the, again, uh, bringing up guitar solos these days, cause I think the guitar solo that's just like the chorus notes, uh, is kind of a great way to drive a memorable melody back home for you to kind of bring the song home. But, um, yeah, give me your thoughts on the opener. Yeah. I love, love it too. Uh, I love that harmonic starting off. I feel like when I heard that, I was like, what is that? You know, I, yeah. I would have maybe just recently started playing guitar, was just kind of getting into it, but I wouldn't have known what that was, and I was just like, man, I haven't heard something like that before. Um, yeah, the songs on this album are, are definitely longer than their previous albums, but I feel like it gives it more time for the songs to breathe, kind of develop into further, fuller-sounding songs, which I appreciate. Um, you know, the instrumental part at the end of the song is kind of a good example of that. Um, right? It's not like it's on how far shallow where it's like, okay, the end of the song's coming, like, we just got to stop it. Yeah. Right? There's just, there's, it feels like all these songs, it's like, let's just play the part. And like you said, maybe sometimes it's it's too long. Yeah. But at least it's, you know, just gives it a bit more time to, to kind of make uh, itself yeah. known. And I'm not sure if it's necessarily a thing about the songs being too long all the time. Like this one, I think, is a great example of how you can, because I think what they're doing is they're cashing in on a catchy melody. But I feel like with this song, they do it in a way by, again, like I said, bringing back that chorus melody with the guitar solo. Uh, I think is a great way to kind of like revamp it a little bit because they don't just play that straight melody. He kind of goes into something a little bit different towards the end that, you know, kind of brings a little more intensity to it. There are songs on the record where they do just kind of start singing the same line over and over. And that's sort of where it gets a little, you know, maybe repetitive for me. But this song, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say is an example of that. Like it is definitely, you know, longer than, um, you know, like the songs on there, it's three and a half minutes. So it's similar to like when we talked about uh, The Undecided with from their one record to the next, like their song lengths went from a minute and a half to two and a half to three and a half and over four, right? Like, yeah. and, you know, Gob sort of does that on this record. They definitely get a little bit longer, but um, outside of some repetitiveness, I don't necessarily think that they feel longer. I don't know if that makes sense. Like sometimes I'm just like, okay, the song doesn't need to be over, but do you need to keep saying that same thing over and over? Right. Right. Like that's more what it is. But, uh, would you pick an alternate opener for this record or is this one, uh, this one you think the, the one? Yeah. For me, this is the one, like as soon as that, those harmonics start, like I'm just, I'm ready and it just makes me feel all sorts of things. Even just hearing that clip we just listened to, I'm like, man, I just want to go back and listen Oh, just of being young and free <laughs> and discovering new music that was just so much more than had there. You know. Now there is one song. I I don't know that I would necessarily make this one uh, my opener over this one because I do think this song like uh, that for the moment is like just so good. There is a song that you could make an argument for as potentially. Uh, a different opener, but I feel like it would differ. It would open this album if it was less, you know, about like the Tom songs and more about the Theo songs, if that makes sense. Uh, but the song, I'm going to play it real quick and, and then I'll talk about why I think it could make an opener, even though I wouldn't change this record the way it goes. Uh, but the song is No Regrets.
But with that song, I think like the way it kind of uh, like just the way it opens up, I think would make for kind of a decent opener in the sense that it kind of like starts. It's just the drums playing that little Tom, you know, rhythm or whatever. And then the bass comes in and then the guitars with that little Dan like little riff or whatever, as it sort of all comes together. And then when the song gets going, it doesn't waste time, right? Like it just it goes into uh, a pretty catchy song, but it is also one of the songs, I guess maybe this is a slight against it, where as I listen to the album now, where I'm a little bit like, feels a little bit out of place. Um, and so maybe that's, you know, like kind of why I feel like if this song was, or this album was more about, you know, kind of like Theo songs, it would make more sense than the Tom songs that are a little, you know, moodier. Yeah. Yeah. This one definitely has a more lighthearted. Yeah feel to it <laughs> like, <it's>, like, <laughs> don't ruin the song for me <laughs> but it's got this like really catchy like rhythm to the melody yeah, i guess sure. like that's that like immediately as soon as it comes on i'm like oh you can like pick up on that even if i sing it terribly so uh but no <laughs> having said that i would not change the opener for the moment is is the way to go uh, yeah. This is like an alternate universe, alternate reality sort of thing. So let's get in uh, then to the next song, which is the song that I picked off this record. Um, whether you love it or hate it, I have no idea. I'm excited to hear your thoughts on it. But the song I picked was Sleepyhead. <laughs>
that song is um, incredibly tasty to me. Uh, you know, parts of this record, the, the entire record, really remind me of Jawbreaker's album, Dear You. And this song kind of like leads the charge in that respect, uh, which again, I'm tying it back to the guy who gave me the Atari's uh, CD, because when he gave me that Atari CD, he also gave me uh, Jawbreaker, Dear You. So um, he's he's all over this podcast. Uh, but anyways, um, it, th- this song really reminds me kind of of Jawbreaker in that respect. The, the chorus of this song will pop up in my head at random and start singing it. Um, I had a dream, you know, it's just like immediately, like, it'll, it's incredibly catchy. And I think what I like about it is that like the way Tom sings on this song is he's kind of the same, the whole way across, right? Like he's got this sort of, um, it's not monotone in any way, but he's not like singing quiet on the, on the verses and then loud on the choruses. It's just kind of like this straight across, uh, delivery. And it gets me every time, um, like everything about this song is, is great. Moody guitars, uh, Tom singing, like I said, the halftime chorus, how it kind of comes in, uh, the spastic drums at times where they kind of like hit these little fills, uh, that sort of come out of nowhere. It really kind of like fits in with that sound I was getting into at that time with like no motive. And then like certain like alkaline trio kind of moodier songs, stuff like that. Um, and my only uh, real critique is, is the thing I brought up earlier is it does get a touch repetitive kind of towards the end. It kind of keeps repeating that chorus of I had a dream. Um, also, who knew that years later uh, they would take the chorus of this song and they would make the movie Inception out of it. Because he had a dream <laughs> inside a dream. Inside dream yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, no, this song, it's like... When I think of this album, this is the song I think of. And I think what surprises me maybe a little bit is in my head, it all sounds like this, but it doesn't quite, right? Like uh, the whole record doesn't sound this way, but this this song also has similarities to like the opening track for the moment where it's got this like harmonic intro uh, that's being played, um, you know, like, but with more guitars here happening. And then it like does this, like it dies down to a palm muted pre-chorus before the chorus. Like it's, it's a formula that seems to really work on this record uh, because the songs that all do it, I absolutely love. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would want a full album of this style of song, but I do think it is a great example of the band shifting their sound a bit, expanding their writing abilities. Like it has a darker sound to it. Lyrics add to that feeling as well. But I, I like that the chorus kind of brings you know a sense of melody or hope, brightness to the song. So it's right. not all kind of gloomy. Yeah. Um, you know, the song ends with an instrumental part again. Um, yeah, I, I I love this this side of of the band. And yeah, like I said, I wouldn't necessarily want a whole album of this, but I do like you know adding them in. It just kind of gives a bit more dynamic versus just you know eighteen mm-hmm. songs that are all kind of somewhat the same. So. And yeah, like it's interesting you say like Jawbreaker and those influences that I mean at the time I wouldn't have known those bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's kind of cool because now if I heard a song like this I might not be as attached to it, but back right. then I just kind of accepted everything because I was just <laughs> so excited to have new music that and I didn't have as much context or reference, so I was just like, oh okay, this must be just a different type of punk song, so I'll take it. Which, which it is like, that is the funny yeah. thing, like, um, because there's, there's an argument to be made that at a certain kind of point in music development, uh, 
in the punk scene. I mean, there are always people who are like, no, just give me the straight punk, right? Like, or just give me the straight up hardcore. But when post hardcore bands started doing their thing, there was a lot of like, they just played alongside other hardcore bands and like, you know, stuff like that or other punk bands. And they were just like part of that scene. Whereas like now, maybe we're getting back to it a little bit more now, but there was definitely a time where it was like, oh no, like, you know, a post hardcore band can only play shows with post hardcore bands. Uh, you know, skate punk bands can only play with skate punk bands, you know, like they're that like homogenization definitely kind of like rolled in at some point, but, uh, you know, it is, it is interesting to kind of like think back and go, yeah, like this is just a different, you know, kind of punk song on this record. But, and I don't know if they were being like, if it was a jawbreaker influence or not, or if it was just like, what they, you know, kind of were feeling like doing. I don't, I don't know. I've never, you know, kind of looked into, looked into that, but, uh, it definitely seemed to come out like a little bit more on this record, but, um, yeah, no, I absolutely love this song. Um, shall we get into the closer then? Yeah. All right. So the closer is a song called, well, this is a bit of a tricky one. The song is called The Perfect Remedy, and then there's like a secret like hidden track after it, but we're not going to really talk about, talk the, hidden about track. the hidden track. <laughs> yeah, we're only going to talk <laughs> about the hidden track. Uh, the Perfect Remedy is the song we're going to talk about.
So this song gives me all sorts of Jimmy World, Jawbreaker, Foo Fighters vibes. Like it's kind of all over the the place in that you know sort of sound. And um, I really, again, I, I really like it. It's not a song that I'm overly familiar with, even though like I've listened to this record I don't know how many times. So I don't know if it really ever jumped out to me. Um, as far as, you know, like a closer is concerned, but listening to it now, I do love, you know, kind of like listening back and similarly to hearing, you know, like the, 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 you know, jawbreaker reference and stuff like that, that was happening earlier. I do like hearing these potential other influences or just like evolutions of sound. Um, as a closer itself, I think it does like a decent enough job of wrapping the album up, uh, especially with the instrumental outro, it just kind of plays its way out. Um, it doesn't actually close the album though. As we said, there is a, a secret song that's like, like a joke, Mexican sort of Spanish. I think it's thing. Greek. I, is it Greek? I, I, I was know. trying to think and I was like, well, Theo is Greek. Theo is Greek. That's true. And then I was like, I've got a few other friends that are Greek and I was you like, ah, run I'm it by them. That's... What is this? Is this traditional yeah. Greek jams? Um, but yeah, like uh, it, it's, it's a fine. song. I really, I like that guitar intro. Um, I think that helps it as a closer where it's just like this really different sort of feeling for this guitar intro, but then it just like kicks in as soon as like, there's no like easing into that song. You have this like 30 second or so kind of like weird, um, kind of like ugly sounding guitar riff. Like it's, it's got some dissonance to it or whatever. And then it just like bang, the guitars and the drums hit you all at once. And yeah, I think it does a fine job. I don't know that it's like I said, super memorable uh, as a song, but um, it gets it gets the job done. Yeah, I feel like it's a good closer because I wouldn't necessarily want want that song in the middle of the album. Oh, hundred percent. So yes. when it gets to that, I'm like, okay, this is a good closing track. I'm glad that the opening guitar part doesn't last longer because <laughs> it just kind of sounds like a. It does get a little like a bit Midwest, more. like emo. Yeah, hundred percent. Kind of. I mean, just like, or like reminds me of like a band like American Football or something. <laughs> I don't even know that band that much, but just something yeah. where it's like kind of this weird abstract, yeah, kind of little guitar part. That, anyways. But yeah, once it comes in, yeah, it's a really cool chord progression. I was trying to even just as we we're listening, like it's like what chords are there? Like, I'm, I'm sure it's like you know some variation of a chord over another chord or something. But, right. Um, yeah, I, I like it as a closing track. I like the... You know, when I first saw it, I was like, man, this song is seven and a half minutes. Like, what, <laughs> yeah. what happens in this song? And I was like, oh, right, it's silence and then just that yeah. little Greek jam or something. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, this it has a very alternative kind of vibe to it as well. Yep. Um, you know, it's not super high energy, but like I said, I think it still fits. If it has to, if it's anywhere on the album, I think it's it's a good closer song. Yeah, uh, more on that alternative and the emo bit you said earlier. Like the alternative thing, I think that's definitely where I get like the early Foo Fighters sort of vibes. Uh, and it is interesting, not just this song. I mean, this song definitely feels it maybe more on the nose than other songs. But I do think this this album kind of surprisingly played a little bit of a role of me getting more into like emo and post hardcore down the road, but by no stretch of the imagination, would I necessarily call gob an emo or post hardcore band? Right. Yeah. Like, um, so it's intriguing that way, but they definitely have, I think some of those influences on this album and they wear them on their sleeve a little bit, uh, which kind of leans into that. I do. You, you mentioned like the, a variation of one chord playing over top of another sort of thing, which is, a sound that like 
reminds me of No Motive. Uh, they kind of had that going at different times. And so I, I compared an earlier song already on here to like ideas that, you know, like getting into no motive and stuff like that. So I think it's pretty fitting. Uh, those bands that kind of were like straddling maybe like the punk and emo world, right, you know, a yeah. toe on either side. Um, maybe, maybe no motive was a little more straddling into that emo side than, than gob. Um, but, but yeah, like as far as like, from closing tracks to closing thoughts um both of these albums i think hold up really well um like they again whether it's you know they sound great and uh, they're chock full of excellent songs um i think if i had to like if i was in a situation where you had to choose one over the other i do think uh, i'm still gonna go with the world according to gob um because I mean, a I've got more time in with that record, uh, and B I just think it was definitely more representative of kind of like the music that would really take hold. Like I've always loved punk and you know like skate punk and and stuff like that, uh, melodic hardcore like things. I've always enjoyed that kind of stuff, pop punk, whatever. But like the the kind of like emo and post hardcore is definitely like the music that sort of stuck with me over the years more so. Um, until you know more recently over the last number of years as we've kind of like dove head on into that world a little more right like um but yeah so i I think if it was you know i can only have one or the other i'm gonna go with the world according to gob for me yeah i'm gonna be with you on that one i've listened to this one i mean especially in the last decade way more uh the world or um how far shallow takes you. I think I have that one in like a CD binder yeah. versus the world according to God, I have like in a case. So I just, I'm more prone to just go and grab that case right. out of my, yeah. my CDs instead of going to like go to the CD binder. And then it's like, oh, I don't have a case to put this in. And, um, but yeah, I, I think this one I enjoy more from start to finish. Um, maybe just cause there's less songs or just maybe a bit more substance to kind of mm-hmm. linger on. But both great albums, um, but yeah, a big fan of this one. Did you before we take off? Did you stick around with Gob at all? Like, did you um, follow up with? Well, because what was the the record that came immediately after was Foot and Foot Mouth, and Mouth Disease? Yeah. And did you listen to those records? Yeah, I definitely did. Like, I don't have the same attachment to them. I mean, over the years, I've. You know, I'll I'll listen to the world according to, and I'll be like, man, like I, I gotta go give those other albums a chance. And then sometimes I'm a bit let down. Um, they had one album, uh, kind of had like a Mexican title, like a little Mexican dude in the front. Muertos um, vivos. Yeah, I <laughs> when last time I went back to that, I was surprised at how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, there's definitely again there's some different vibes on it or whatever. Um, yeah, foot and mouth disease was was really good. Um, I think they had a, a some later ones that just weren't as interesting to me. So I've yeah. I've always made sure I go and listen to it, but I haven't been as connected with those albums. Uh, like so for me, like foot and mouth disease. Obviously, like they had more single success. Like Oh Ellen and Give Up the Grudge were both on yeah. that record. Um, I don't know if I've ever actually listened to that full album. I'd have to double check. Yeah, there's some there's some cool songs. I, on I'm kind of intrigued to kind of go and 
because I loved the world of Korn, I don't know why. It's not like it was a long period of time between records. Like it looks like uh, the world according to God, we said was what, 2000, 2000 and then foot and mouth is 2003. So it's okay. not overly long. It's not like uh, Muertos Vivos was in 2007 and then Apartment 13 wasn't until right. 2014. So like, yeah. it's not like there's this lengthy, so I'm not really sure unless it just, like even in like 2003, if I'm thinking back, I mean, I guess like, but this doesn't, this doesn't make sense in my brain. Why I wouldn't have given foot and mouth disease a try. There's two things I can think of. One is like, maybe by that point I was kind of, like I said, getting more into uh post hardcore emo, or even like at that point in time, like that's when like metal core is really kind of starting to, which I was never a big metal core guy, but like there were definitely some bands that were, you know, kind of showing up at that time. And so like, but like having just said that the world, according to Gob, when I look back on it and I go, man, there's like a lot of stuff on this that really would have gotten me to lean into that post hardcore stuff. Um, so it's interesting that I wouldn't follow that up, but I think maybe what it boils down to is literally like the album artwork and the title just feels more like going back to kind of like, yeah, it's a bit more goofy earlier Gob. Yeah. Like it feels more like the, the kind of like the the jokey juvenile sort of thing and you know but i mean like i said i heard the singles oh ellen and give up the grudge weren't like you know i'm gonna jump in a lake right like (laughs) they were they were definitely still in that um you know evolving sound that they kind of like tapped into but i don't know man i just never really followed it up so that might be something i have to do over the next little bit uh but yeah unless you got any last words we're gonna say goodbye Let's say goodbye. Let's say goodbye. Okay. Well, if you're, uh, <laughs> thanks for listening. Uh, wherever you're listening, tell your friends about it. Like and subscribe. You know the thing, the things, the things that we all tell you to do. Uh, go follow us on social media at Growing Punk Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You'll find Aaron and my uh, personal Twitters linked there as well. If you want to, I don't post a ton on my personal. In fact, our podcast one is more what I post about anyway. Anyway, that'll do it. So. um, uh, well, I guess in, in, uh, because of the, the whole Muertos Vivos thing, we'll say adios. Goodbye. Goodbye. He had to do it. He did it. <laughs> Bye. Bye, Gob. He did it. <laughs> <laughs>